Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and today's show is going to be wonderful. I'm going to bring on Dr. John Woodward in just a minute, and then Dr. Greg Borgon is all the way back from his seven-week trip to Ireland, where he was thinking about all kinds of things, and we're going to talk about our citizenship in heaven. That is going to be a great conversation, and then hour two is uh, our special series on studying God's Word with our friend Jeff Verdorn. So that's all ahead but to get things started, I want to bring on Dr. John Woodward. He's the Director of Counseling and Training at Grace Fellowship International. He's uh, got a tremendous ministry in uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. I think I said that right. Is that right, John? Welcome. You sure did, Bill. Good to be with you again. Nice to be uh, with you. And what a show I have. And I've got your friend and my friend Jeff Verdorn on later in the program. So it's going to be a great show all the way around. Well, Excellent. Yeah. So, John, when I was reading this article that you have, I uh, I couldn't figure out the first couple of sentences. So will you help me th- with it? Well, in the article called Sorting Yourself Out, uh, <laughs> That's exactly I posed the, the question. Yes. Yeah, I posed the question, Bill. Um, should we deny ourselves, or should we crucify self or should we accept ourselves? Sometimes in Christian discipleship, those terms kind of get confused. Yes, it does. So the you say in the article, sorting yourself out, uh, have you ever wondered, should I deny myself? And if I were just to stop right there, I'd go, yes. And then the second part is, or should I accept and love myself? How do I say that with the right inflection? Yeah. Well, it reminds us of, of the um, famous command of our Lord that we are to love the Lord God with all of our heart. But then he also goes on to give the second greatest commandment, right, Bill, to love our neighbor as ourself. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess it depends on what self was being referred to, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, sometimes... Oh, go ahead, John. In Christian counseling, um, we often dialogue with those from using other models of counseling, and often we hear from the secular model, we need more self-esteem. And that sounds right at first, but then we start to to notice that if we try to just kind of inflate our sense of self-worth, sometimes that bubble gets popped and it ends up not giving us the fulfillment we're looking for. So we think that this concept of clarifying what the Bible teaches about self is important and getting our terms straight may help us along the way. John, there's a few things more challenging than being around somebody that has an overinflated sense of importance. Mm-hmm. So how do we, we can, how do we divide the two? Say I need to have a healthy self image because God says love yourself mm-hmm. and love others. How do I have that without having this weird sense of self importance? Well, I think it it helps Bill to have a um, clarity about what aspect of our of our life we're talking about because if we if we accept aspects um, that are not um, good, then our values are mixed up. On the other hand, if we're rejecting something that God has created. Um, such as our gender, 
then we got our uh, our wires crossed. So um, in this uh, discussion um, about clarifying our sense of self, we're saying that there's two aspects of self that are, are, I guess you could say, negative and two that are positive. And so we just want to get clear what we need to deny and then what we're to accept. Indeed. Now, does self sometimes refer to the old man, the old self? Yes, Bill. It reminds me of the verse in Colossians where it says um, that we have put off the old self or the old man. Um, That refers to who we were in Adam, who we were before coming to the gospel. Um, And uh, that's a big deal because often we base our sense of identity on what has happened to us in life. For example, maybe someone's been abused or rejected or abandoned, uh, or maybe even a positive um, background of trying to achieve success based on their own performance. But when we come to the gospel, uh, that old identity was canceled at the cross. And there's some pretty big implications in that. John, when you say put off the old self, do we even have to do that? Didn't the old self die in salvation? Exactly. So we want to just get clear that when we're talking about this first aspect of self, our old identity, that's a done deal, like you said, Bill. So when we read in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, that's past tense, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So therefore, we need to, in this case, uh, really have a, I guess we could call it a white funeral. That's the term that Oswald Chambers uses in his devotional, My Utmost for His Highest. We need to have a white funeral, in other words, to recognize that we're no longer that person um, that we were before coming to know Jesus as our Savior. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fascinating idea. He, uh, no one experiences complete sanctification without going through a white funeral, the burial of the old self. Uh, I think that's a, probably a very interesting exercise that many would benefit from, John. And that idea of the white funeral is a fascinating uh, concept because at a funeral we come to terms with um, uh, saying goodbye, at least temporarily, to someone who has died. So here in these Bible verses, like Romans 6, verse 6, we find out that the old self has died. Knowing this, Paul says, that our old man or our old self has been crucified with Christ. So what does that mean? It means that when a person receives Jesus Christ as his or her Savior, God takes them out of that old natural condition and puts them into this new spiritual union with our Savior. So we become a new person. So the funeral is that we need to say goodbye to the shame and regrets and whatever ever hang-ups have defined us before coming to know God in a personal way. Mm-hmm. My guest is Dr. John Woodward from Grace Fellowship International. He's the Director of Counseling and Training. Let's talk about self, John, as it re- refers to that piece of the the new believer that is called the flesh that we sometimes, uh, you know, refer to that as the, what the, the residue of the old man. Right. So even after we have put off this old identity, there's still the residue or the conditioning of how we've learned to think and to feel and to choose independently of God. And the Bible calls that the flesh. And that, uh, that term gives us the idea that it has to do with our mortal body because our brain remembers those patterns, doesn't it? Oh, does it um, ever. You know, we have that conditioning. Unfortunately, um, the delete button wasn't pushed in our brain <laughs> uh, in terms of those old patterns when we became a new person in Christ. Yeah. And so therefore, 
our natural tendency, unfortunately, is to uh, to be wayward, to have, you might call it a sinful tendency. But thankfully, that can be counteracted by the Spirit of God. So there is that residue, that, that old conditioning, which the Bible calls the flesh. Therefore, the Bible says we are to um, to walk in fellowship with the Spirit of God, and that will that will then uh, cancel out or overrule those old patterns. Yeah, Paul talked about that, didn't he, in Romans 7? Mm-hmm. Sure did. He says, in my flesh dwells no good thing. So uh, the Christian life is not about trying to improve our flesh, um, because Paul said that that's kind of a bankrupt uh, endeavor. Instead, it's about learning uh, how to live out of our union with the Spirit of God through surrendering and trusting Him to live his life in us and through us. I'm sure glad that um, even though those old patterns are still with us until we jettison this mortal body, that they don't have to define us. And as we let the Spirit of God take control, then his love, joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control can be displayed, right, through the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, John, we need to identify as saints, right, not sinners. That's right. And living out of that new identity really uh, predisposes us to realize that the normal Christian life is really being a vessel of this this new quality of God's grace. Yeah, obviously, as a believer, we then are in a position where we can choose to sin prior to coming to faith in Christ. You were enslaved to sin. That's right. We still have that vulnerability. In the words of Romans 6, we're no longer a slave to that pattern. Right. And so we can realize that as we yield and trust God's Spirit to take control of our mind, will, and emotions, then whatever those natural negative flesh patterns are, you know, whether they're inferiority or superiority, whether they're, they're uh, drug abuse or, or something else, that the Spirit of God can set us free from those patterns by His enablement. Yeah. It's not a simple topic, John. I'm trying to make it simple, but as I talk to you about it, I'm feeling like I think of 1 Corinthians 15.31 that says, I affirm by the boasting in you which I have in Christ Jesus our our Lord. I die daily. So we're we're dying daily to uh, ourselves and claiming the victories of Christ daily. And so you bring up here that related to um, the self in terms of the flesh, we simply need to deny that. We say that's not who I am, even though I have that tendency or that memory that doesn't define me. And I can simply, in the words of Jesus, deny myself, take up the cross and follow Christ by his enablement. I like that expression, John, you just gave. That's not who I am. That seems like it should be a rehearsed phrase in our head all the time as we are encountering our little daily struggles and temptations where the the phrase that's blazing in our brain is that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. You're reminding us, Bill, of the issue of identity. And in this little article we're talking about, I, I mentioned uh, um, the issue of, of two positive uses of self. <laughs> and again, the, the value of having clear definitions here, right? Yeah, right. We talked so far about uh, the old man, the Bible calls it, who we were in Adam. That's the old self that's been crucified. We have to have a funeral for that person. Secondly, the, the residue or the old conditioning, which the Bible describes as the flesh, uh, we need to deny that as we let God's Spirit take control. But here we have, um, to counterbalance that, Bill, we have two positive uses of self. 
And you mentioned identity again. So notice that that there is also what the Bible calls the new person. And that's who we are in union with God's spirit. And uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, it says that the new man, the new person, the new self has been created in righteousness and holiness. So when it comes to that new identity we have, that new spiritual life, we shouldn't deny that, should we? We should no. actually welcome that and let that take the lead. Yeah, that's something I want to continue to talk about, John, after the break. I'm fascinated with this white funeral idea. I think this would be a good thing to do and then serve little finger sandwiches and potato salad after the, the service. <laughs> <laughs> seems like it'd okay. be, It seems like it'd be fitting. But uh, we'll uh, continue our conversation with Dr. John Woodward as we talk about self, the two negative sides of self and the two positive sides of self. We're going to get to that when we come back. Be right back. John Woodward, he's the Director of Counseling and Training at Grace Fellowship International. Awfully glad to be chatting with him about sorting our self out, the, the, the old self and the new self. It says in Genesis, John, that we are created in the image of God. That's a very positive self. I like that self. That sounds like a good basis of dignity, Bill, it that sure we does. have value because we are not a product of a random chance and evolution. We are created by by God, and, and that gives life special dignity. Um, and so when we're talking about the two positive uses of self, uh, we don't want to get our wires crossed, right? We want to appreciate this aspect of self. We would call it our, our personal dignity, our personhood. And uh, when our Lord talks about the uh, the Greek commandment to love our neighbor as ourself, I think he's talking about this use of self. No, I like that. So here's a big question, John. Is it selfish to love ourselves? And I think that that requires balance because I think um, it's valid to have a, a healthy sense of self-concern. The Bible assumes that that's really a sane position because our Lord says, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if we're rejecting ourselves, if we are um, not valuing our sense of personhood, then that's going to get in the way of treating others with dignity and respect. When I think of the love your neighbor as yourself, what I always think, John, is do I put the same energy into meeting the needs of my neighbors as I do the needs of myself? And the answer is always no. And that's why it's such a profound ethic, Bill. In Matthew chapter 7, the famous, uh, what we call the uh, the golden rule, our Lord Jesus says, um, whatsoever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. In other words, this ethic summarizes the moral content of of the scriptures so your your profound question about you know should we love ourselves? yes there's a a healthy sense of self-concern which means that you and i need to take care of ourselves right Mm -hmm. Uh, physically um, emotionally mentally and that's not that's not pride that's not selfishness as we would call it we would just call that um being a good steward and so um when 
we talk about our dignity as believers in Jesus, it even goes further, Bill, because in First Peter chapter 1, we're told that we were redeemed not with corruptible things like silver or gold, but actually with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so we also have value because of the price paid for us at Calvary. Mm-hmm. So, John, we're supposed to love ourselves and we're created in the image of God. But why then do we suffer with the list of eight or ten things we just don't like about ourselves? Mm. And sometimes those things have to do with unchangeable features. Right. Um, so uh, someone says, I wish I was taller. I wish I was shorter. <laughs> or um, they may have a problem with uh, with other factors of, of their their design. Um but we need to see that this is part of God's providence, uh, the gender we're born with, um, the the ethnicity and so forth. And so to deny that is actually indirectly complaining about God. Yeah, and we don't always understand the whys of God, do we? We don't. And we do live in a fallen world, don't we, Bill? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of a, a teenager that's come through our counseling training locally, who when she was um, in the womb, her parents were told by the doctors that they should have and they should abort um, their baby because of a perceived birth defect in the womb. And they, being Christians, uh, believe, as it says in Psalm 139, um, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that we were uh, formed in the inward parts, you know, by by God's creative work. So human life has dignity even in the womb, which, of course, is a very important ethical uh, debate today in our society. But this this um, couple uh, went ahead and had their precious daughter. She did have health problems. She has had surgery. She walks, um, you know, with a brace. But she now is getting counseling to work in a pregnancy mm-hmm. uh, ministry uh, to help others, uh, other um, women who might have a crisis pregnancy to see that life has value, even if we have uh, an imperfect physical body, uh, even if we have a, um, some um, some element, God can use that actually as part of our testimony as he has with this young lady. Yeah. John, can we now get to the most exciting application of self? And that would be a believer's regenerated spirit, the brand new creation in Christ, the new self. Boy, is that good news. <laughs> uh, a verse that I think many of our listeners recognize is Second Corinthians five seventeen. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Now, we need to define that, Bill, because many things in our life, when we become a child of God, don't disappear. They, there's still problems there. There's still maybe physical issues and other things. So here we need to define that when it says old things have passed away, it's talking about spiritually. We're no longer that spiritual person we were before conversion. Now we're a new creation in our, in our innermost being, which we would call the human spirit. And so when we talk about this use of self, this, like you say, this is good news. The new self is who we are spiritually in Christ. And so in Colossians 3, verse 10, it says, You have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the one who created him. So that has wonderful implications, doesn't it? It does, John. And that new self is united with Christ. Stop taking calls. We've got all the information we need. He is the true vine, right, Bill? Yep. And we are the branches. We yep. are organically connected uh, to to this new life. And so that means that the Christian life is not trying to imitate Jesus, but it's actually a participation 
of his indwelling life. We are uh, a new self and we can live accordingly by his grace. So regardless of whatever you feel, you know, physically or whatever you, you might not like about yourself, that self has been uh, made holy and blameless in God's sight. And you are abiding in him and united to Christ. And certainly that part of our self, that aspect of self, is something we should give thanks for. It's all by God's grace. And as you said before, we're saints. That relates to new spiritual identity. And God wants us to set our mind on, on this spiritual reality, which is life and peace. Mm-hmm. So, John, I'd love for you to talk just in the remaining time. We've got a couple what minutes What a blessing left. to have a new identity that we can live out of. Oh, yeah. I love that. So if you would talk about taking up your cross daily, I guess I've always been just a little tiny bit, um, you know, uncertain about that. I think when we read in Luke nine twenty three to deny ourself, the self is talking about as our natural uh, self-centered tendencies, as the famous song by Frank Sinatra that echoes our cultural values. <laughs> I did it my way. Right. You know, well, I don't think it worked out that well for the famous singer in some ways, and it won't for us either. So denying ourselves means denying that self-centeredness, which is so natural to us based on the flesh, and, and recognize that through Christ we can depend on him to live his life in us and through us. And that's a daily choice, isn't it? It is. And I just want to go back to this idea of a white funeral, and that is, uh, um, explain that one more time, because I think that's a significant uh, step. Well, I got a call today from Mark Miller, who was almost killed um, in the Army in Iraq. Uh, he came home with PTSD, tried various forms of psychiatry and psychotherapy, almost took his life. But when he heard this truth as a Christian, that the old person was crucified with Christ, that we have a new identity, and in Christ we even have a new past, because we're defined by what Jesus did in the cross not by what happened to us. When Mark believed that and accepted it by faith, then God healed him of his PTSD. Wow. He called me today saying, if I can help anyone else going through uh, these struggles, um, please refer them to me. So the white funeral is to recognize that who we were naturally before salvation does no longer define us. And therefore, we can accept by faith that we are new in Christ. And that's like having a white funeral. That's a beautiful thought. John, thank you so much for that. Uh, it's been really a delight having you on the show and really helpful to talk about this self because I think we all think about ourself a lot and then we can understand there's a, an old self and a new self and we need to uh, live for the, the uh, new self, the one that's uh, abiding in Christ. I know we covered a lot of ground, Bill, but if someone wants the article we've been talking about, they can contact us. We'd be glad to send it to them by email. Yep, and you go to gracefellowshipinternational.com. John, thank you so much for being on the show. It's a privilege. God bless you all. Indeed. Dr. John Woodward has been my guest. He's the Director of Counseling and Training. Again, the website is Grace Fellowship International, and it's the whole word, international.com, gracefellowshipinternational.com. Be right back. 